is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Julie Halston, we discuss what comedy has taught her about communicating, and we cover her motto on confidence, clarity, and commitment. This is a fantastic concept that I think completely explains her way of being on stage, and it was a massive takeaway for me. So I hope it's a takeaway for you. Enjoy part two. What has what has comedy taught you about communicating? Well, that's a really good question. And I've never been asked that before. Wow. Now that's a really good question. I will tell you this, what comedy has taught me. Mm. What, what really makes good comedy? I, I call it the three C's. Confidence, clarity, commitment. If you don't have those three, it's not going to go over. Mm. You know, the minute you see a nervous comic, you get nervous. Mm -hmm. it, it does not instill confidence in you. You also have to be clear. Mm -hmm. If you're muddied in your speech, if you mess up even one word, the rhythm is off. Mm -hmm. Now, you can always recover from a joke that doesn't work or a story that's unclear by making fun of the fact that you just made a mistake. I mean, that's a classic stand-up-y thing. Sure, sure. The other thing is you have to commit, even if it's something, it's like I had to commit to going on the ground as Gay Wellington. If you commit 100% and have confidence and clarity, the audience will go with you. If right. you're sure of what you're doing mm -hmm. and commit 100%, they're going to go with you. And what I think I love about comedy is that, number one, a group of people laughing together is very healing. Yeah. And, and it's a wonderful thing, particularly when it's live. I mean, let's face it. There's nothing like it. Oh, yeah. But it also forces you to make choices, specific choices. And again, with confidence, clarity, and commitment. And we now live in an age where people are communicating by emojis, you know, and, you know, uh, just symbols, yep. you know, and it's kind of like, wait, are we back to the Sumerian? Are we, as, uh, you know, I remember in art history, we studied the Sumerians. There was a lot of symbols going on. It's great, but there's something kind of fantastic. You can actually communicate with words, with commitment, with clarity. Yeah. And that's what comedy is all about. And I love that. I, I think it enriches us as human beings. Yeah. You can stick an emoji in there as well. But to just communicate with emojis, it's not as, you know, I think as enriching sure, as sure. when you're actually communicating with words and body. Is there, is there a particular role that has taught you the most about yourself or a significant amount? Oh, Clayton, what are these very interesting, smart questions? I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. What's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> Um, a role that has taught me the most about myself. Well, 
Mm. I've had a lot of wonderful roles, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say Gay Wellington and Tootsie, Rita Marshall, yeah. were two roles that taught me a lot about myself because they weren't the largest roles in the piece. And yet they kind of were the scene-stealing roles in many ways. <laughs> and that taught me, and also Robert Horn, who wrote the book to the musical Tootsie. So talented. Which was one of the best books ever of a musical, ever. Yeah. Taught me again that those three C's. And it taught me to use all my disciplined skills even further. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I have to say, uh, it taught me to be part of a larger thing because when I'm, when I'm with Charles, Charles and I are usually the stars of his pieces. But when you're in a big Broadway musical, you're part of a big machine. Yeah. You can't take it with you was a big machine. Sure. So you have to be part of a big machine. I actually like being part of a big machine. It doesn't like bother me. I do my solo act at Birdland. You know, it's not like I don't know how to do that or like doing that. I love it. But I like being part of a community. And when you're in a piece like those two pieces, you were part of a community and that machine, and it is a bit of a machine, has to be well oiled and everyone has to be playing their instrument correctly yeah. to make it work. And I loved being part of this great symphony and having my solo turn, do you know? Sure, sure. And I think that that taught me a lot about myself because mm. That that is kind of who I am. Yeah, I I like being part of something bigger, but I also like having a spotlight. <laughs> but I also don't have to carry things or carry everyone. Um, I, I I love being part of the Broadway community. I love being an actress. Yeah. I love being a comic actress. Not that I don't do drama. You know, I did the Babylon line at Lincoln Center, and that was a much more serious piece. Mm. But again, I love being part of a whole. Mm. Um, and that really is kind of who I am. I remember in high school, I, I, I guess it was a political science class. What was I doing there? But I took a political science class. And I remember even then thinking I would never want to be top dog. I always wanted to be sort of an influencer. You know, mm -hmm. I guess I wanted to be. I, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't need to be top dog. I just needed to be like in the top three. Interesting. You know? Yeah, I'm not I'm not. Now, having said that. If you want to give me a, a big freaking leading role in something. I will take it and I will take it on. Um, and, but I, like I said, and, and also I just did um, a character on Gossip Girl, which will be shown soon. Um, and I loved being part of that yeah. ensemble. Yeah. Tabby Gevinson and 
um, you know, Adam Chandler Barat. I mean, I just loved being part of this group. Yeah. I like, I like being part of a, an artistic family. Yes. And you brought up at the beginning that I don't know if you use this word, but it's what I heard that you're very fulfilled in what you've accomplished over the years I, and performing and congratulations, Tony award. That's a, that's an achievement. Uh, what is your, what is your balance or views between achievement and fulfillment? Well, first of all, as we all know, and this is a, a brutal business, Yes, you know, let's face it, show business, you're swimming with sharks, you know, and there's blood you're swimming with the sharks, you know, like, right. as I try to tell sometimes when I, I teach master classes occasionally, um, but, you know, I, I always tell the kids, you know, like, even the nice people can be sharks, you know, um, because it's a, it's a very tough business. Yes. You know, a lot of people want to be do it. It's it's very much like the Stephen Sondheim and another hundred people getting up. You know, I mean, everyone wants to be in show business. It's not that big a field, really. Um, but I I always realized, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it was my mom. I don't know. I my mom had such great values. My mom and dad. Compare and despair. It's not that there's not jealousies in this business. It's not that there aren't, you know, comp competition and competitiveness. And and believe me, I, I, you know, I, I've lost roles to people. I go, really? They're going with her. Well, good really? luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good luck. Because I think she's as funny as a rubber crotch, but she got it. All right. Good luck to you. Good luck with good your luck. production. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with your production. And then, and then, and then here's the thing, Clayton, and then I'll see them and I'll just think, well, you know what? They were really good. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I have my competitive streak. I have my jealous streak or whatever, but it, it gets you nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I love playing bitter characters because they're fun. Mm. But you don't want to be bitter in real life. That's a waste of energy. I I I like being happy. Right. And it's not a phony happiness. I I really, you know, I I have so much love and support in my life. Why why would I be bitter, really? Right. Um right. so yeah, I, I don't life is hard enough. Don't make it harder. Yeah. You know, by being just a bitter brew. Uh, and again, I say that it's a hard balance. And a lot of times I remember when Facebook first happened. No, I remember MySpace. That's that's how old I am. MySpace. I, rem I remember it too. You remember MySpace <laughs> uh, and you're younger. But like, I remember thinking, oh, wow, these people are living in MySpace. They seem to have marvelous lives and they're all so technologically proficient whatever and and you know i was sort of learning how to do things and i just felt so inadequate um no you know if, if you think and this is one of the big conversations now if you live your life on instagram and social media or whatever you know you're always going to come up short really mm -hmm. you know um and it's, you can't, you don't want to live a filtered life. Mm -mm. Not that I don't appreciate filters on photos, but you don't want to live a filtered life. Right. You want to live an authentic life. Yeah. 
that's where the good stuff comes. And um, I know I'm sounding like a life coach now. I love I, this <laughs> though. Has that got that's gotten easier as time has gone on to live an authentic life for you? It really has. Yeah. And now I will say this, and I don't want to get maudlin about this, but Charles Bush changed my life. There's no question, you know. He plucked me from obscurity hmm. and put a wig on me and said, go. <laughs> my late husband, Ralph Howard, who is a wonderful broadcaster here in New York, the voice of New York um, for many, many years for 1010 Wins and for the Howard Stern Show. Yeah. Um, he also really guided me, uh, not only professionally, but also personally, he was um, almost 14 years older than I was. So he was kind of a mentor to me. But also when I married him, I was in my 30s. He was 50. Uh, I learned so much from him. And when you also have personal happiness, which I had with him, uh, boy, that makes a big difference. So like when you're personally happy, and you go into an audition and you're like, oh, dear, that was that was what, what happened there? You know, um, I remember a great audition story. Do you remember the, the Broadway musical? Great Cornelia, I believe, this, the sweet smell of success. Oh, yeah. Marvin Hamlish was in on the auditions as well as I think. The director was Nicholas Heitner. Was it Nick Heitner? I think it was. It was, a, or Trevor Nunn. It was one of the big British directors. Hmm. I had to sing. Um, I had to sing something. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I'm like in the key of H. I call it the key of Lauren Bacall. You know, <laughs> applause, applause. <laughs> That's how I sing. It's, it's a combo of Lauren and Elaine Stritch. And, and you know, anyway, uh, I think I sang Here's to Us or something. And mm. I could see, and I think it was Nicholas Heitner, we could look this up, turning to the casting agent going, I could tell he was horrified by me. Meanwhile, Marvin Hamlish, adored what I was doing. He was laughing and cheering. He was like, you're hilarious. You're fantastic. And I just walked out of there and I actually got a call back. But what I loved was that one person could have such a negative reaction to something that I was doing that was committed, clear, and, and confident. Yeah. And someone else could have the exact opposite. You know, I could tell the director was like, why did you bring her in? She's she, she can't really sing. She's she. Do you know what I mean? Like what's going on? And Marvin Hamlish thought it was just great. So, again, show business is about bringing you. If you don't bring you. People will know it immediately. Yeah. That you are being inauthentic. And whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, if it's you, they can never accuse you of being a phony baloney. It's authentic. It's you. Yeah. And that is particularly true in film and television because the camera's right there. 
Yeah. You can't run away from being you. And I've learned so much from people like Harvey Firestein and Charles Bush. And well, I guess almost every gay person on the planet since the beginning of time, because particularly gay artists, male and female, and anyone who identifies as anything in between, mm. you have to be authentic yes. because you will be literally trampled mm -hmm. because our culture does not accept a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And now it is becoming more, but these are artists who through bravery and courage said, I'm going to be me. This is my authentic self. Society might not like it, but I do. Yeah. And I'm going to do it. And it may take me 10 minutes to get ahead. It might take me 10 years. It yeah. might take me 10 months. It might take me forever, but I'm going to be my true self. Right. And it was really, it was people like uh, Harvey and Charles and my, my late husband who actually was straight, believe it or not. I married a heterosexual. <laughs> Shocking. Um, but who really helped me become my authentic self. And that is a gift. I mean, honestly, Clayton, I, I, I have no, I, I feel very blessed. I feel very blessed. I have lived the way I've wanted. I feel so blessed to have the support I've had and to live the way I live. Julie, it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Julie, this, this conversation fills me up. So thank you so much for just sharing so much. As we wrap up here, I got two, two final ones for you. Uh, do you have a favorite failure or apparent failure that set you up for success? <sighs> well, mm, I, well, I will say this. I, and it wasn't a failure, but you know, when we started Theater in Limbo, uh, we really had no money. And we were we were so poor, I mean, as a theater company. And I do remember walking into the Limbo Lounge and we were, I mean, it was a crackdown. And we, we would step on syringes. The bathroom was in the front so that once you got to the backstage, there was no bathroom. And the guys were peeing in jars. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I literally just had to, you know, just hold it to be quite honest. Yeah. And I didn't realize that they were doing this. And I was very thirsty one night. Oh, no. And I saw a jar and I thought it was like Gatorade or something. I'm not joking. I'm not joking, Clayton. And I went to say, I said, oh, I need some Gatorade. And Charles, thank God, said, no, no, no. And I thought, okay, this might be as low as it gets. I almost drank someone's urine in a Crackton on the Lower East Side. In the 80s, we're broke and I, I, I'm very thirsty and there's a crowd of 200 people and I, wow. And I literally remember turning 
to like Arnie Kaladner, who was in our company. And I was like, I want you to know, I really am an adult. I pay my rent. I have credit cards. I, 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 I am an adult. I, I, this is not exactly who I, and he was like, we all get it. Don't worry about it. Because we never, Clayton, thought that we were going to go any further than Avenue B. You know, the fact that we went off Broadway became a huge success, that I got an agent, that I suddenly was on law and order or this or that. This was so far from our consciousness. I was literally on Avenue B doing this thing because I loved these people and I loved what I was doing, but there was no, but I believe me, that night I remember thinking, wow. This, I don't know if it could get lower. It could get lower, but I don't know if it could. <laughs> We're only going up. And that there. set me up. That set me up because I had only to go up from there. Only oh, to go up from there. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? I... I know this sounds so um, maybe mushy or woo-woo or something, but be grateful. Mm. Be grateful. I would just say grateful. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm grateful. I, in fact, here, yeah. wait, darling. Not that you're listeners, but like I even have little um, cocktail rings, oh, you know, that God. you put your your napkins it yeah. and it actually says grateful. grateful i love that uh, i think grateful is 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 my is my watchword and also here's another one here's the, actually here's another one that i would say say yes say yes you know i tell everyone say yes until it's a definite no you know, I say yes to everything until until you realize that you're actually sitting next to Ted Bundy, then say no. But I say, say yes to everything and, and, and see where it takes you. Yeah. Grateful. And yes. I love that. I love that. I love this conversation. Thank you for taking this time. I, I hope, I hope everyone runs and sees fairy cakes. You are a, a gem and a dream and committed and clear and confident and it's oh, well fantastic. thank you so much and i gotta tell you your your questions were fantastic and i've never been asked some of those questions and i'm a hologram that's how old i am and you are a great interviewer so thank you clayton i really appreciate it people of the world julie halston you've been listening to entertainment x the podcast you can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. 